This episode of Warp 5 discusses mature themes and subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, this is Gary Graham, Ambassadors of All in Star Trek. You're listening to Warp 5. Welcome, Boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated Enterprise podcast, where the hosts of the network get together and discuss, you guessed it, Enterprise. And Floyd is still away because, you know, we do two episodes in one night and the internet is down in his area, so we unfortunately had to have no Floyd for the last two episodes, and that makes us all very sad. But we've got some wonderful guests joining us, joining us again for his, is this your third or your fourth appearance on Warp 5 now, Richard? Uh, yeah, this is like my third. Yeah. You're third, third with us. You weren't on before us, were you? I was. I was once. Okay, yeah. so then you're fourth. Because you did that one uh, Captain Archer episode with us, too. I did. No, that makes it four, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So then, yeah. right on. <laughs> yeah. And then joining us for her second visit is Miss Amy Nelson. Hello, boomers. I'm back been a while it has and the last time we talked about one of the lesser fan favorite episodes and you know what that's what we're gonna do again yeah we are <laughs> so uh tonight's episode i decided to have a little fun and i was thinking uh, i was listening to earl gray and they were talking about how much they love the perfect mate and i was thinking about precious cargo and i thought we should compare the two so, uh, who else could discuss these two episodes with me than Richard and Amy? So, I thought it would be wonderful to have them on for this wonderful discussion. So, we will be talking about these two episodes, and they're very similar, don't you think? Very, very, very similar, yeah. Um, pretty much on the same, I mean, kind of uh, uh, storyline, but I mean, obviously with their differences, but... Uh, yeah, I, I would say that, um, yeah, they're very similar. Yeah, mm -hmm. Amy, what do you think? I'm going to disagree with you. Oh. And say, no, they are very, very different, and I think that we'll see why. I can see why we would want to put them together, but they, to me, are very, very different. Uh, we will talk about that, but Amy, you know what? I think they're going to be a little bit more... Uh, similar than you actually think that they are. So, Amy, do you want to do me a favor? Can you give me a little bit of a summary 
for just a quick summary for The Perfect Mate? Oh, yeah. Perfect Mate. Well, this is the one where they are uh, transporting uh, this pod that has a woman inside of it, and it is woken up early, and she is uh, going to be used to, as a peace treaty uh, with these two... No, uh, a- Amy, Amy, I told you to do one for the perfect mate, not precious cargo. Hey, now. <laughs> so she's going to be uh, this peace treaty for these two people, and uh, she, it's, that's her main goal in life. And so hijinks ensue. Hijinks ensue. And, and we get to talk about Ferengi again on Warp 5. So that was funny. And then in Precious Cargo, uh, yeah, so the Enterprise encounters the ship and they've got this woman in a pod and they wake her up early. And Didn't you just say this, Amy? Well, maybe. Okay. <laughs> okay, I see your point. Okay. Uh yeah, anyways, and then she's off to get married to some guy and uh there's these two aliens, not quite Ferengi, but still, you know, prophet mongers and whatnot. And yeah, anyways, I think they're pretty darn similar. So uh why don't you tell me Amy right off the bat why you think that they're not very similar? Well, the purpose and the motives of the female, the main character here in both of these. So she wasn't being transported by her own free will. She was being held captive and being held as ransom, whereas on The Perfect Mate, Camilla, Kamala? Kamala. Whatever. Yeah, Kamala. She was going of her own free will and volition. So to me, that's a stark difference that really needs to be addressed. And yeah, well, that's the first one. Okay. So her, their, their attitudes are very different, but this Kaitama, um, she's a prisoner and she was attacked on her way home from a diplomatic mission. Yes. So she's not exactly, um, she's not exactly like the perfect mate. She's not bred for this, like, uh, like Kamala was. Um, but she's to be the first monarch of the sovereign dynasty of Creos Prime, right? And then she was been kidnapped for a ransom. Um, but uh, you know, did you know that it's the same planet that they're talking about? No. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Nuh-uh. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Creos Prime. Like, the, like she also comes from Creos Prime, <laughs> right? So, and the makeup is the same and everything, right? So, like, that was a... okay. I did have that. I'm like, okay. The only thing I can see is that they have the same makeup. <laughs> that was the only thing, and I was wondering why it was the same. And now I know. Why did I not make that connection? You guys are so smart. You know what? I I gotta say, I didn't actually make the comparison until now like when i was doing some research for it uh richard did you know that it was the same planet i did i did <laughs> uh yeah it's 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 been a while but yeah <laughs> yeah they're they yeah I, I i already knew that they were the same planet yes i did and how did you know that <laughs> i just did you're just amazing <laughs> the amazing so, richard marquez everybody so <laughs> this is- bump word <laughs> <laughs> is is Kamala from that same planet, or is she going to be the peace treaty for that planet? No, they're both from Creos Prime. Now, the interesting thing about Creos Prime as well that we'll talk about is Creos was mentioned one other time 
in Star Trek The Next Generation. However, there's some debate as to whether or not it's the same planet or not. But in the episode of The Next Generation called The Mind's Eye, which is uh, the one where Geordi gets kidnapped by the Romulans, uh, the Klingon right. colony is on Krios. Uh, huh. Right? And so... Some books refer to it as the same planets and some don't, right? So uh, Memory Alpha says there's some debate as to whether or not the planet seen in The Perfect Mate and Precious Cargo and The Mind's Eye is the same planet or as, as like, if it's the same planet in all three. Um, but there's no definitive statement in any episode to clarify. Uh, but no other similarities exist other than their name. So, hmm. you know, it might be, it might not be. The Star Trek Encyclop- Encyclopedia lists one reference for Krios, and it references all of them. However, Star Trek.com stated explicitly that they were two different planets. So, you know. Okay. So it's just kind of funny. Like, that's not really... The, the Klingon planet could be or it couldn't be. It doesn't matter. But otherwise, right. yeah, they're referring to the same planet when they're talking with the Perfect Mate and Precious Cargo, which I think is pretty fascinating. So, Well, then they are even more similar than I knew. <laughs> that's okay. why I said that right at the beginning. You got it. And the, the name is, you know, the first uh, letter and the last letter are the same, yep. too. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, one of them is one of them's Kamala and one of them, I have a tough time, was Kaitama. Kaitama, I think is how they say that's it. What it's, that's what it looks like, yeah. Yeah, Kaitama. Yeah. Um, but, Kitama? But their attitudes are very different. I mean, you yeah. know, Kamala is very right. passive. You know, she can be aggressive, right? But in general, Kamala is generally a passive person. She's accepting the situation that she's in. And, you know, she's she's happy to be where she is and she's not fighting it. And Kamala or, and Kaitama is, you know, angry and frustrated, you know, because she was kidnapped, right? So they, they right. have a different motivation. and and uh... Okay, so I'm just going to stop you there because we sort of had this discussion on Earl Grey with Justin because we know Justin doesn't enjoy this episode. But and when you say And he's conspicuously absent from this current podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... You say that Kamala is accepting. Like, to me, I think you're disregarding her entire choice and saying, well, she couldn't want to have chosen to be a perfect mate and to be pleasing to a husband. Like, like you're disregarding, when I hear that, it feels like you're disregarding the, her choice that she truly wants to be a wife and be someone's wife. And so when you say, well, she's well, accepting. She does, well, she doesn't I, give I just think that her choice in it matters. And if that's what she wants to choose, then we should be supportive of that and say that's what you want to choose and don't think that there's any ulterior motives behind it. Well, but here the thing is, is that with her, you know, she bonded with Picard and, you know, Picard basically rejected her and... It, I mean, there really was no other. Uh, there really was no alternative for her to uh, to stay with him, or even or even try to stay with him because he rejected her. I mean, he knows, or he he believes in his mind that he's um, he doesn't deserve her, or uh, that he would hurt relations. And obviously, he's thinking of his job before um, before his uh, actual feelings in in love life. And you know, I mean, that's ultimately what her purpose is. I mean, she doesn't give anything else that what what other purpose that she has except for that she caters to her mates um you know needs and interests and whatnot and that's ultimately what she did with Picard 
And really, there's no other, and there's nothing outside of that. I mean, it's kind of hard to, whether or not she had a choice or not, um, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it, she, she, I mean, it, it kind of put her in, uh, it put her, it put her into a corner when he rejected her. Mm-hmm. So really, there was nowhere for her to go except for to go on that mission to, you know, base in a sense seal the deal. Or uh, it's probably not an appropriate way to think of it, but but yeah, yeah, like you know, but ultimately, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Amy, I'm I'm gonna play so. the devil's advocate here. I'm gonna ask you this question. This is the question that I've heard, and I hope I hope I'm saying the question right. Is that was Kamala? given a choice does she actually have the choice when her entire life is she's been raised to say that you are destined for this you are destined to marry this man and please him that's your goal in life and everything in her life like she's obviously lived a very privileged life right i'm sure that she's lived her entire life without want I'm sure she had everything she wanted. She's clearly knowledgeable. She learned a lot of things. I mean, she knows about that thimble that she had, that Picard had in his room, and those those mm-hmm. uh, those uh, tapestries that were all painted brightly and whatnot. But was she actually given a choice? And how are we to feel? What if she she doesn't know any better? So so I okay. I'll ask you that question, and then I'll go where I want to go with that. What do you think about that type of an argument? Well, I think with her situation, I got the impression that she was born, so it was sort of in her DNA, like that's who she was. So I didn't think that that was a choice per se, that yes, she was raised to to embellish and to accentuate who her DNA was. That's sort of what I got when she said that she was the first of her kind within how many generations? Mm-hmm. So I, like, I, so like I figured that that was years. like her, that was her DNA, that that's who she was. So I don't, do you argue and have a choice of say, well, that's who I am? I don't know. Like that's like, See, these, these episodes are difficult episodes to discuss because, you know, as I found out becoming on social media here, that these episodes provoke strong reactions with people that watch it. And, in my opinion, they boil it down to the simplest factor. A lot of the people that dislike this episode, they boil it down to this woman's being prostituted out. And I don't agree with that statement myself. Okay. And I, I look at the episode and I watch it. And, you know, the one thing about Star Trek, which we all love about Star Trek, is you can take the the lens of science fiction and you can hold it up to a topic and filter it. And looking at it through that filter, we can look at it from without. So we're humans looking on an alien race, and we can stop and say, wait a minute, they're actually making a comment on us and our lives. Now, some of the things that you've brought up where, have you seen the episode of Star Trek Enterprise uh, that's called Cogenitor? Which is the, yeah, so it has the third gender, and its its goal in life, and its lot in life is to be this third gender that's needed in order for everybody else to have babies and it's not treated anywhere else and it's fine with its life until Mm -hmm. trip comes in and teaches it something different now that episode is saying something completely different than what the perfect mate is saying and and cogenitor is actually trying to tackle a topic about our society about transgendered people and you know and people's lot in life. But I don't think that they're trying to do that with the perfect mate. And the reason why I personally 
take that filter off of the Perfect Mate and just watch it for entertainment value is because they address all of these concerns in the episode. Beverly Crusher sitting down and talking with Captain Picard addresses the concern of, well, how can you do this, Jean-Luc, and blah, 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 blah. And so they have, an, they have an argument back and forth about the situation. And Picard has this discussion directly with Kamala. And Kamala is insistent every time. She's like, no, this is what I want. So at what point do we as viewers stop trying to find a, a meaning in an episode that I don't think is intended to be there? And that's the difficult thing that I have with this episode, because I understand what they're saying. Trafficking women is not correct, but this is not trying to be representative of something in our society, I don't think. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm saying, like, her choice should be respected. And throughout the entire episode, there's not one time where she doubts what her choice and lot in life is. And that's what she chooses. And so I'm fine that that is her role, that she wants to be the perfect mate. She wants to please her husband. She wants to, you know, fulfill the desires and have stimulating conversation in order for her mate to be happy. And I'm, as a woman, am fine if other people want to do that. That's their choice. Mm -hmm. Right. And the other thing is that they boil, they, people boil it down to, well, she's simply there as basically a sexual tool for the man. And that's not what Kamala is at all, because it's she's not just there to please her husband sexually. She's there to be exactly what he wants and needs in a mate. Right. Where with absolutely depending on the person that she's with, she imprints on him. Right. And, you know, with Picard, it was all about books and knowledge, right? And the, conversation, and the conversation and the debate and yeah. You know, and so so it's not just about sex and that's what people kind of boil it down to, right? And I mean, like even the, the guy, the dictator at the end, or I, I use the term dictator, that's not correct, but the leader of the other world at the end, he's like, I'm not even interested in the woman, right? right. And so that's what makes the episode sad. But I don't know, like I, I see what people are talking when I understand it, but I mean, at what point do we stop and say, okay, at what what point do we stop and say there isn't a message here that's a reflection of something in our society? I don't know. Like I, I know this is going to cause a controversy when this episode comes out. Like it's gonna it's gonna cause discussion, and I just hope people understand what I'm saying. I understand the concerns that people have with the issues. I just, with the episode, I just don't see them. Well, and I think, and I wrote these characteristics and traits down when uh, I was watching it because. You know, she describes, you know, what type of mate that would be happy, that would be perfect for Picard. She says, independent, forceful, brilliant, and adventurous. There's none of those that in any way, shape, or form means sexual or doing sexual acts or being a slave. I mean, those are all things that Picard wants, and we learn more about Picard through her, but that she's very capable, very brilliant, independent. You know, she can be all of these things. It's not into this, oh, I'm going to give in to your sexual desires. And later, she also says that Picard is very passionate with conviction, controlled, and disciplined. Again, those are characteristics that we learn about Picard through her because she's intelligent enough to decipher what Picard wants and who he is. 
And I don't think any of that has to do with the sexual nature of her or their relationship. I mean, of course, it's drawn upon when they're going through data's walking through her with 10 forward and all the guys who in and on and stuff, you know, I mean, that's there because she's a very beautiful woman. And that is a part of the episode that does need to be addressed. But when you look at her and Picard's relationship and her imprinting, it's to me is not this sexual thing that people talk about. So now the sexual thing that is there that people talk about is like when Riker takes her to the quarters, right? And Riker clearly wants that out of her, but that's not what Picard wants. You know, like she's all over Riker because that's what he wants. And then Riker being the loyal officer is able to withdraw himself from the situation and then go take a five minute break in the holodeck. Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> do we have to bring that? Yes, up? I think so. Richard, Richard, what do you think about the hol- Riker going to the holodeck? Wow. So cliche. It's like, <laughs> oh, I need to go take a cold shower. Really? I, I don't hey, think he I was think... taking a shower. You don't go to the holodeck. Yeah, for a I, I don't think so either. <laughs> Anyways, okay, we, we can skip that part now. We can go. We can go on from there. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about that because when I saw that again, I don't know how many times I've seen this episode, but I saw Kamala and Riker. She forced herself on him, like he was being the good boy and you know duty first, and you know here's your quarters and da 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 like. She forced herself on him. And I was thinking to myself, this feels wrong. And I, what did you think about that? Did you feel that she was forcing herself on him? Or was it that, and and again, this thing like, oh, well, I know you want it. So I'm going to give it to you. And that just screamed wrong to me. Well, I mean, like I said, this this is through the filter of science fiction. You know, it's different when, when, um, you know, she has the ability to be empathetic and actually, uh, you know, have powers to actually know what you're what you're thinking and all that kind of stuff, or even know what you're feeling, um, or or even your sexual desires. I mean, shoot, that I, I I mean, I guess if there if there was no such thing as as abilities and all that kind of stuff, then yeah, I would probably think the same thing. But like I said, you know, it's through the filter of science fiction, and she has those abilities, so. God knows how lo- how far those abilities go in uh, what what you know he's actually desiring through her and and whatnot. So I I didn't see it that way, but I mean I just saw it as okay. Well, that's science fiction, you know. Yeah, yeah. She might have some. She might know something that I don't. I don't know. See, I didn't I didn't <laughs> see it that way either. I didn't see herself as you know being aggressive and whatnot like we've we've had a lot of discussion recently on the babel conference because we've recently done a commentary for the episode bound on warp five and Mm. so we've been talking a lot about the orions and it's generated a lot of interesting discussion on it and you know there's intent you know behind the orions and their pheromones and and you know uh, star trek does have a history of you know sexualizing women Right. And we have these alien races that are very sexy and they, you know, men can't control themselves. And, you know, it's part of it's silly, but I mean, I don't know. Like, it's, I don't know. Another one's for readings. (laughs) Well, I just want to interject because I was in preparation for the edge 
I watched Mud's Women and I Mud. And in Mud's Women, there we've got these women that have this control over the men with their sexual beauty and that they're being, you know, sold to the miners as wives and stuff like that. But their beauty was above and beyond and all the guys on the ship were stopping what they're doing to stare. Yeah. So there definitely is a strong precedence for that. Right. And, you know, that's like mud's a whole, a whole different topic here. I'm trying to search for something on, on Twitter here while we're chatting. Cause it's something I want to bring up, but um, I, like, I, I'm just going to lay it out. Like, like, the, I tried to have a comparison between the two episodes, but I mean, like, The Perfect Mate, I think, is such an overwhelming episode, because in, in my opinion, I think it's a really good episode, and I think people simply write it off because you've got this woman who's being given to somebody as a wife, and people write it off to the lowest common denominator of, hey, they're prostituting off this woman. And I find that frustrating because I think that the perfect mate has a lot to offer. And, you know, maybe we should actually release this episode as an Earl Grey <laughs> instead of because we're barely touching on Precious Cargo right now. Because Well, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll but there. yeah, but I mean, I don't think Precious Cargo has as much to talk about as the perfect mate does. That's the only right. thing. But I'm, I'm OK with it. I'm just I'm just being silly and digressing. But um, uh, it's I think it's it's a lot more than that. And this character is an incredibly in-depth character and there's a lot more to her than this. And I think that the reason that the, the evidence for this is because of how she reacts with Picard and even Picard, like Picard has this opinion of her. Even Picard has this opinion that she's basically this sex slave because when she's going to talk to him, like you need to come and visit me. And he says, that's inappropriate. And she's like, I just want you to talk to me. I didn't ask you to make love to me. Right. You know, and she's frustrated because she's turning into what he wants at that time because she's bonding with him, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, I don't know. I think it's such a fascinating episode and there's a really a lot to offer in The Perfect Mate. I agree. So, uh, you guys keep talking. I want to try and find something here. <laughs> here it is. Actually, I just found it right here. So, so yes, we've got this instance of you know, in, in television stuff where we've got a lot of sexualized women when it comes to television writing. Yes, I understand that. But, you know, I, I don't know if this is the same thing and please tell me if I'm wrong. It doesn't bother me what I'm about to share. Doesn't bother me at all. Okay. But I often wonder what is the difference? So for example, I'm seeing a tweet and they tagged Mary the Chief, who's Mary Chiefo, uh, Lorel on Discovery. And it's a drawing of Kirk and Spock. And it says, that human on the left, which is Kirk in the drawing, I'm going to make him my boy toy at Mary the Chief. Okay, so it's just a tweet of drawing of Kirk and Spock. And this person's saying that I'm going to make Kirk my boy toy. It's just a drawing. There's nothing lewd about the drawing or anything. And it's like, well, how would people, re- how would anybody react if I drew a picture of Troy and Crusher and I said, yo, hey, I'm going to make Troy my girl toy. Like the internet would explode because I'm a man sexualizing a woman, right? But I mean, like we get this thing here and Mary Chief's response is the emojis of an A-OK and a wink. It doesn't bother me. I don't care. But when I see tweets like that, I think, well, what if a man made that tweet for a woman? Yeah, the double standard. It is a double standard. And so so 
now I see that. And then, so then I take another look at this episode, right? And then I take a look at Precious Cargo. And then, yes, I do see that we've got an episode where we are sexualizing a woman. And I do see that. However, I think the story ends up being more than just that. Agreed. I I don't... Yeah, that tweet, and unfortunately, I was just like, why do they have to do that? Because in my opinion, that just sort of takes back all of the progression that women have tried to have to be, to not be taken completely as sexual objects. And so when women do that, it just, to me, is a step backwards in progression and trying to get people to realize that, you know, everyone isn't here for our sexual desires and to be a toy, you know? I mean, it doesn't matter who says it, a man or a woman. Like, there's more to a person than just being your toy. So I I, I don't like that tweet, and I don't like that response to it, but that's my personal preference. Yeah. I see things like this all the time, too, like in Star Trek fan groups, and I get so frustrated when I see it. And it is usually from men, where they'll post a picture of somebody. Like, somebody posted a picture from about Tilly, and I'm paraphrasing what the, what the post said. But it was like, I think Tilly's the hottest Star Trek girl around. What do you think? And it's like, like I don't... Why does why do people have this rating system where we need to rate the hotness of people? But, I mean, I... You know, and I do see that kind of thing more from male fans than I do from female fans. But the fact of the matter is it is there from female fans as well. Right? So uh, this this discussion's kind of going all over the place. And I don't know if I'm going to get myself in trouble with this. But, I mean, like, these are things that I think about with my fandom. And these are things that I talk about. And I told Richard way before we were talking about this, I'm like, I don't know if I want to get into any of this. Right? Because it is a can of worms. Right? And And... I don't know. Richard, you've been quiet. Save me, please. Yeah, I'm not going to save you, buddy. <laughs> you know, I, I understand what you're saying, where you're coming from. And I was actually just thinking, is like, would it, would it make a difference if a, if a woman actually wrote The Perfect Mate or if a woman uh, wrote um, Precious Cargo? Would it make a difference? Um, or would the attitudes change or whatnot? But... Um, yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of things that I I, I was gonna say that'll probably get us all in trouble. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's just it, it, you're right. It's a double standard. It's a double edged sword. On, on, and, and sadly, it's it's more towards us guys um, uh, to get more into trouble with that. But honestly, I don't. I I I find that a, a very untrue because I just think that. Women are the same thing, are the same way, and I'm not saying you, Amy, or anything like that. I'm just saying, in general, in the population of the women that I've ever met, it's the same thing on the other side. It's just, it's just not commercialized like it is, you know, in the world today because it's a, in a sense, a man's world. It's all out there. It's all out there. So everything that we say is out there, whereas. It's no, it's no different on the other side. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm sure you have. I'm sure Amy, you have too. I certainly have. Talking with my wife and several other people, and you know, it's, it's, it's not just us guys. It's, it's everyone. It's just not 
shown much when it comes to when, when it comes to women. And when it, when you say progression, I mean I mean progression. I mean, yeah, it, progression for all of us, not just for one side. I mean, like I really think that it just if if we were to actually were to stop doing all this. Maybe we might have progression. I don't know, but like, uh, but like, it's just not. It's I don't know. I see it as a double edged sword. If I were to if I were to say, oh, it doesn't happen <laughs> on the other side, but it actually does. If that more, and um, it, it just like this episode. I mean, it, uh, boil it down. I mean, I don't see it as a as an episode where. Um, I guess uh, the uh, the females being sexualized. I mean, I, honestly, I really think it's a uh, genuine story about her trying to get a no Picard, and and I think it, I I honestly think it's a great story. But that's just me. <laughs> See, we're recording this on November first right now, and we're we're coming right. off of a lot of things over the last couple of weeks. You know, we've recently had that uh, Twitter and Facebook. What's I don't know what the term is for it, like a, a blitz, I guess, or something like that, where they've had the the hashtag Me Too. You know, and, yep. and then all the sexual uh, uh, allocations with Hollywood and everything yeah, else. Yeah, but not so. just that. But you know, the amount of people that I saw, you know, sharing stories, like people that I know, right? People that I know personally in my life that were sharing stories of this. Like it, it is eye-opening. And I'm not trying to say that you know, I'm not trying to wipe the blanket and say men aren't pigs because I think a lot of them are. Right, and I think that yes, there's a lot of sexual assault out there, and it's all wrong. Right, and that was an eye-opening event for me. I mean, I've had I tweeted myself like it's not me, but I've had family members that have been you know raped and assaulted, and it affects everybody. Right, my sister was. It affects us. Like that was a traumatic event when I was a teenager because my sister got raped, and you know, but. I see examples like this, like this tweet, and I hear what people say about something like the perfect mate, which, you know, I don't necessarily see what they're seeing. This is, I'm hearing what they're, they're saying, right? Um, and then I look at an example of the episodes like, you know, to Paul, like to Paul's, to Jolene Blaylock's a beautiful woman. She's very attractive. And I see women get all crazy when guys have their shirts off in shows. And you know what? Like, T'Pol's hot, and I'm happy to see her without her shirt on at a show and see her butt crack, right? Because she's beautiful, right? Like, I don't know. Like, but do I have to feel guilty when I see that? I don't know. Like, these are questions that I have as I'm being exposed to this knowledge and exposed to these points of view that other people have. Well, I think, no, you, you shouldn't feel guilty. But I think part of the problem that up until, I would say, discovery... Like, you look at the two women of Precious Cargo and Perfect Mate. Those women are incredibly beautiful, and they are portrayed to be sexual in nature. And when you were talking, I was thinking, you know, about that tweet, and it's like, well, gosh, I I watched Discovery, and I'm like, you know, that doctor there, he's pretty darn good looking. Look at those muscles and, you know, under his shirt and stuff like that, or when he's brushing his teeth, you know, I was like, oh, he's pretty good looking. Um, and then now all of a sudden Ash Tyler's getting pretty cute to me, but I don't see them, (laughs) but I don't see them being portrayed as sexual as 
precious cargo and to Paul and seven of nine and you know, that sexuality. And that's not to say that they aren't sexual, but it's just not, it doesn't seem to be as portrayed as much. And I don't think the women are on the show. That's why I say up until discovery, I think we're just seeing, and it's, it's natural to want to see beautiful people, especially on TV, right? Cause this is our world that we're make believe and stuff like that. So having beautiful people and recognizing it isn't an issue. Cause I can say without a doubt, like Kamala and the one from precious cargo, say her name again. Oh goodness. Uh, comma, karma, chameleon, Car- yeah, karma, 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 chameleon. <laughs> I can definitely say both of those women are drop dead gorgeous. And, but we don't see that as much as in discovery, which I think is good that it's not being so sexualized as has been in the Mm -hmm. past. No. And and I'm fully aware. Okay. Now I'm going to stop and say, I'm fully aware. We don't have the perfect male mate episode. We don't have the precious male cargo mate. I am aware that we don't have those episodes. Right, I am aware that these are one-sided episodes and that it is just women that are portrayed this way. I can't think of an episode right, where there's a male in a situation remotely close to this. And I'm aware that we don't have that. Okay. Mm-hmm. However, I am also aware in the episode The Perfect Mate that they say, like, with this society, there are tons and tons and tons of men that are identical to Kamala but Kamala is rare. And I understand that's just a that's just a storytelling element and I don't I'm not saying that makes it correct or proper or anything. But you know, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with that train of thought, right? It's just that they're saying that that society also has men that are like that as well. Right? And I I I know. I'm aware that there's no men episodes that are like this. And I And what planet was this so I can get Krios, over there? Krios Prime. All right. Krios Prime. You can book your ticket now. The Ferengi will take you there. This is a challenging subject, right? But it's something that I've wanted to talk about in in my fandom. You know, and this is kind of, this is evolving well past the comparison to the episodes. And I didn't really want to take it this way. But I mean, it's something that's on my heart. Because Star Trek is is so important to me. And, you know, I, I have overlooked a lot of these things. Because again, I just watched them as a youth. I watched them over and over. And at my youth... These weren't issues that were addressed. They were not really issues that were mm-hmm. talked about with my mom or my stepdad. We never really talked about things like this. But now that I'm older, I mean, I've got three daughters now. I mean, like, am I going to show them Precious Cargo and say, hey, this is fine. Look at this wonderful episode. Hey, this is the perfect mate. Look at this wonderful episode. I don't I don't know. I mean, these are these are issues that i got to start thinking of. People are questioning whether they're going to, you know, show discovery to their kids because of the violence and swearing. And I'm having those same concerns. Right, I'll cover my daughter's eyes, but it's harder to cover her ears because you can still hear the f word when you cover people's ears, right? You know, so uh, I, I'm sorry. This is such a free conversation. This is really directionless, but it's just things and no, no. And you're well within your right to do uh, to to do that because ultimately that's what these uh, that's what these two episodes represent. Is that you know it's not right for human trafficking. I mean, obviously, like Precious Cargo is you know one of those episodes where she was forced and the perfect mate is the, is directly the opposite of whether or not what role she has in society. And, and yeah, I mean, drawing a comparison between the two, you have to talk about issues like that because, uh, 
I mean, you yeah you have you have to bring up that kind of conversation in order to in order to properly discuss this. I mean, I don't particularly. I mean, so what? Uh, so one one experiment that I was actually thinking about doing is that when Eva gets to a certain age, I'm going to show her these episodes, and just to see what she would what she thinks. Would not not tell her what it is, just. Let her let her see what it is and what conclusions she brings up, and you know, and so that's how I that's how I teach her uh, teach Eva a lot is that I usually don't tell tell her things, and you know, obviously I'm not going to show her like radar stuff and MA or whatever. Just you know, something like this is is pretty harmless, but like to draw her own conclusions on what she just saw. And that's ultimately what I was just thinking about Precious Cargo is like, what, you know, I want to ask her questions. Like, what did you think about this episode? What do you think this represents? Obviously, when she gets to an age that she understands that kind of stuff or what, you know, that shows, you know, represent ideas and all that kind of stuff. But like, I don't know. I I, I don't know exactly where I was going with that. That's going to be really awesome because of the culture that she's growing up, which is so vastly different than what we grew up in, right? That's mm-hmm. going to be really interesting to see if she even picks up on any of the stuff that we're talking because where she this time frame that she's growing up now, I think is completely different. I, I mean, mean I like, look at the kids that I teach now yeah. and I'm like, you guys have such a different point of perspective that is just to me, progressive, and I I love it, and so I, that will be yeah. awesome to see. I mean, it's just it, 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 maybe we're all overthinking it. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's. I mean, we're all life experienced, and you know, and uh, you know, we've been through our own tragedies, and you know, been through other people's tragedies as well, and that we can draw similarities to this. But what I'm just I'm just thinking is like you know maybe we're just overthinking this, and maybe uh, someone who's never really gone through what we've experienced i mean maybe this is just really an innocent episode and they're they're like okay whatever it's just someone being transported against their will unfortunately and you know hopefully they get out of that situation which in precious cargo she does Mm -hmm. so she does right yeah she does (laughs) it's been a while since i see precious cargo (laughs) are you supposed to watch it for this dude I know, but i was going off of memory (laughs) sorry sorry is he this unprepared on earl gray no He's always prepared. Oh. Wink, wink. <laughs> no. Thanks, Amy. <laughs> but I don't know. It, it's, yeah. The double standard is obviously has to be sold. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think that I, I don't know. I think I try and look at everything from every point of view. I don't necessarily agree with all points of view, but I think I try and have a discussion, a frank discussion. And I, I like to talk about these things. They're not easy to talk about. You know, this is not an easy discussion to have because of so much stuff that's going on in our society right now, you know, and what's been going on for years, you know, again, that hashtag, the me too, like it really opened my eyes, you know, and which is what it was supposed to do, right? This is exactly what it was Mm -hmm. supposed to do. And I'm glad that they had that. And it's like, it made me stop and think for a while. And it made me stop and be like, damn, did I do something in my past that, you know, have I said something to somebody that was you know i didn't intend that way and it was sexual assault like have i said something or done something in my past i don't think i have but i i don't like i don't know because i don't remember every action i've ever done right and um 
you know, like it's just, it's, it's concerning and it, you know, it makes me question the things that I say right now, but then it makes me also think, well, you know, should I be ashamed that I think Tripal's attractive and I like her bum? Right. But I mean, well, then I see this other tweet, you know, of this person who's going to make Kirk her boy toy, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, it's because of so much that's going on. And I, I agree that they're, that men are the major, major perpetrators when it comes to sexual assault. I agree with that. I understand that. And it's all wrong, but I don't know. I I almost feel like I'm a sexual assaulter because I feel this way about, you know, I don't know. I'm ranting here now, so I'm sorry. Can I bring up another similarity, which I didn't think that they were similar, but going back to what you said, like Kamala, I mean, she says that she was born and bred to do this. And same with uh, the female on Precious Cargo, like she was trained and brought up and she's going to take over and be the first empress or whatever. Like do going back to that, do you think that there is a choice when you're born to be this X, you know, can you, do you have a choice to change and decide to be? Yes, absolutely. Like in precious cargo, she says at the end, she's going to go back and make some changes. But she's, but no, she's still going to be empress. Like yes. she's born and bred to do that. Right, so that's, right. that's what I'm saying. Right. But she's also said she's going to go back and make some changes to things. And, you know, I, I believe that if Kamala had been like, well, I don't want to do this. I believe that in the advanced society, they would have let her made that choice. I agree. Yeah. Right. So, but again, that's just, I don't know, like we, that option was never presented in the episode and it was never discussed, mm-hmm. you know, like Kamala is an empath. And I mean, part of the reason why Riker would have been attracted to her as well is because of the pheromone she was giving off. Right. Which is similar to the Orions that I was talking about in a previous episode. I mean, and this is that, oh. that is a trope that writers use. They're like, oh, these women have these crazy pheromones and they're just un men can't control themselves and I, I i do think that that is ridiculous right they don't need that yes. right that is ridiculous and wrong <laughs> elaborate I mean, it makes you guys stupid and neanderthalic i mean it's just it's stupid yes you can control yourselves you are intelligent thinking human beings it's ridiculous to say oh i can't control myself and therefore i'm going to assault this woman or i can't control myself so i'm gonna google her and cat call and like, it's just so, it's such an excuse that is so wrong, in my opinion, with society that's like, no, men are not stupid. Don't treat them as stupid and don't give them an excuse. Oh, I had to because of your pheromones. That's a bunch of BS. See, and I don't, in, see, I don't interpret it that way as well. Like, I've heard that argument as well, that they're that they're making men feel like Neanderthals. And I don't read it that way as well. Like, it's it's... How can I put it that I read it? It's like, it's not that the men are like stupid and can't control themselves. It's just they can't control themselves because of this thing. I, I don't know. Maybe it's the same thing. And I just, I, That's I don't. That's the same thing. Okay I, okay. I don't know. I guess it's just, yeah. But I, I understand what you're saying. I, I don't, I think that's a silly trope that, that shouldn't be around as these crazy pheromones, right? Like, yeah, it's enough with that. But I don't know. 
should we move on to precious cargo? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> so, um, if we have any listeners left, should we should move on to precious cargo. Is there anything we want to talk about on precious cargo? Since this is the Star Trek <laughs> Enterprise podcast. Okay, um, talking to uh, melodic Trek hosts. Who? What was that? up with the music of Precious Cargo? To me, I the whole thing. I'm like. Am I watching a TOS episode? Like all the movie, all the music was just like so campy. I, I did not enjoy the music of this one. Really? Yeah. You know what? I, I honestly, I had a tough time when I was rewatching it the other night. I'm not a big fan of this episode. Um, this is David Goodman wrote this episode, and he also wrote North Star. And if you guys have read them, he actually wrote the novels, the autobiography of James T. Kirk and the autobiography of Jean-Luc Picard, which are outstanding. And this is his first hour-long television episode that he ever wrote. And he says in there, he's like, I had no idea what I was doing. And he's surprised he didn't get fired after writing this. And uh, this, you know, there's a quote from an interview with him where he says, I'm actually, I'm, I, he thinks it's kind of cool that he's known to, for one of the worst episodes of Star Trek. <laughs> so, which is, it's kind of funny, but uh, yeah, he's like, it, it, it didn't translate very well from the art, from the episode that he was trying to write. But um, we, yeah, in a nutshell, it's not a very good episode. Yeah, I, I agree. If we were to have a see it or was... skip it, this would be a skip it. This would definitely be a skip it, right, Richard? There you go. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> So it was funny because the last time I was on Warp 5, we were talking about the Ferengi. Well, the not named Ferengi, right? What was the name of that episode? Acquisition. Acquisition, yeah, yeah that's right. About it. And I just, Captain Archer was exactly the same in Acquisition as he is here. Like, he is playing the fool just like a fiddle. Like, he is like, Oh, well, getting the guy who was left behind, you know? And he was like, well, you're going to be, we're putting you on trial and you're going to be sentenced to prison and just making the guy, I mean, it was just so perfect. The same that he did with acquisition, you know, with the Ferengi. And I thought, man, Captain Archer is exactly the same. You know, it's pretty cool. I, I liked seeing that. Yeah, he's doing that play where he's playing like the, oh, I don't know if I can control them. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. kind of interesting. That Vulcan magistrate, I don't know. We are, You're just going to have to live with the sentence. I don't know what you're going to have to do unless you help us. Yes. Yeah. Well, these aliens, they don't know the humans, right? So it's a, it's a card that they can play a couple of times, I guess. Yes, so. and we see it. Captain Archer's getting good at that. What do you guys think of the personality difference between uh, Kaitana and... Kamala. Oh, night and day. Well, obviously. Oh, yeah. Aggressive versus passive? Would you call it um, Kamala? Yeah, Kamala passive? No, I would say mean versus nice. Mean versus nice. So you think Kaitana's mean? Yes. She's very mean and entitled and... But again, is that her choice? Well, yeah, it is her choice. She was born and bred to be royalty. And no, you still have a choice. You can be royalty and live in this class system and have people, you know, serve you and bring you everything and still be nice. See, Amy, you probably haven't seen it yet, but Kaitana reminds me a lot of uh, the original series episode Alan of Troyes. And we've got another, you know, royal leader here who's really snotty, but with Kirk, 
you know, and she's all like yelling at him and she's like, cut my food and, you know, things like that. And, and, you know, so this, this character reminds me a lot of her. So Mm. in a way, this precious cargo does feel like a bit more of a TOS episode than, than anything else because of that. But again, that's another stereo, stereotypical trope as well of this, you know, snotty woman leader, right? Who's like... Well, not even woman, just a snotty, rich, entitled leader mm-hmm. that, that you are my subject. I mean, you, you, I've seen it plenty of time where, you know, men leaders are, you will do this for me and do this for me and dismissive of the help. You know, I think it's... But do you think that they're portrayed based. differently when they're men versus women? No. Okay. I think, yeah, I Richard, don't. what do you think? When they play, when they portray like these snotty, you know, royalty men versus snotty royalty women, do you think it's a different, do you think there's a difference between the portrayals usually? Mm, no, not necessarily, not with, the, not with, uh, not, not with snotty. No, uh-uh. No, I wouldn't think so. I mean, they're pretty much, pretty okay. much the same. I mean, yeah. Entitled little... Yeah. See, I think that the like when they portray royalty, generally, if they have like, I, I will confess to this one here. Like, I think that when they have like these isolated women royalty figures that are young, they're generally portrayed more in this negative light of snotty and entitled than you would find with male royalty characters. There are snotty male royalty characters written as well, but I think that there's more female snotty royalty characters. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. No, I can see that. Yeah. When you uh, you you're talking about the, the amount. amount of because uh, I thought because I thought you were talking about like uh, uh, how they're portrayed, are they, uh, how they act mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. But yeah, I could. Uh, yeah, you. I actually will agree with you on that one. That um, there are more snotty, uh, I guess, women. <laughs> when it comes to the show, not not not, yeah, not like yeah. in general. <laughs> and then like, they uh, right, and then they need to be like tamed and brought down a notch by the you know the male lead of the episode, right? Right, exactly. Like that, like it's a father daughter sort of like example or, or something, something like that. Like that. Teaching. <laughs> so I don't know that I don't think Amy agrees, but I don't know. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so but talking about that. I felt like in Precious Cargo that her being snotty and entitled didn't play very well. And I just felt like, I don't know if it was the actor doing it or if it was just the chemistry or lack thereof between her and Trip. No, I think it was the script. I think it, or the script, it just felt so forced and so campy and so predictable and... Oh, now they're in tight quarters and now they're even more, you know, annoying to each other. And she has to roll her eyes at everything that Trip does. And I was just like, really, please, you're going to be this terrible, snotty person, even when he's trying to save you. It just, it didn't seem very relatable to me. And it just seemed like it was there, this fake contempt to try and build the story and the save at the end, I guess. Yeah, I didn't buy it. Yeah, I yeah, I had a tough time with this episode rewatching it again. Like I said, like my mind was wandering quite a bit last night when I was watching it, and I'm like, it's not an easy episode to watch because it's not it's not that good. Well, and I think like 
he's saving your life. And no matter what station you are or what socioeconomic status you are, like he's got more knowledge and more strength, obviously. She couldn't even open up that jar of beef jerky. I mean, that was very annoying to me as a female. Just please. But either way, like you've got someone who's doing something for you and you're still going to be bitter and snotty about it. It it didn't seem to fly for Mm -hmm. me. Yeah, but even in this day, there are people like that all over the place. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Excellent. I would hope as society that we have progressed. I don't... Oh, no, not completely, but uh, there are definitely a lot. I don't think so. we're ever going to get to a Star Trek future myself. I'm I'm not too optimistic on that. I love Star Trek, and I wish we get there, but I just don't think that we can ever get there. Not, not to a purist, yeah. like... Like it is on Star Trek. No, there's no way. Well, just nicer (laughs) to each other and stop. Maybe nicer, yeah. But I mean, when it comes to like, um, you know, entitlements and and uh, and just being rude to each other. I mean, I'm I I don't think that'll ever go away. (laughs) In general. Well, I guess uh, we should probably wrap her up here. Um, Do you guys have any other final thoughts? Anything else you want to say on the? topic that we've tried to we tried to talk about today we kind of I'm, I'm sorry i took you guys all over the place and you know for the people if anybody's listened all the way to the end please understand that like i, I loved star trek and I, I i i believe that i try and keep an open mind i understand that everybody has different opinions and i, I try and see everything from everybody's point of view and i've tried to speak with my heart here and i'm not trying to offend anybody with the things that i've said you know, I'm trying to open up a dialogue and I'm trying to talk about issues that I'm confused and concerned about, you know, and I'm doing my best to try and understand other people's points of views. And that's why I want to talk about them. And I wanted to see what other people thought. And these are episodes that are generally pushed to the side. And so I think that's what makes them even more interesting to talk about is because they're episodes that aren't talked about too often. Uh, because again, I'll say it again. I believe that people just boil it down to the lowest common denominator, and they don't look past that, and they don't see what's really good about the episode. So, you know, Amy and Richard, I want to thank you for coming on. I appreciate it very much, and um, I'm, I'm glad that we've had this discussion. And I, I hope people enjoy the discussion. And I hope they understand where our hearts are when we're talking about these episodes, and you know, because it's, it's not easy to talk about these topics. You know, like, you know, like I said. It isn't, especially in this day and age when there is so much fear and so much backlash of, oh, you offended me. And it it does take some amount of courage to say, well, I see the episode this way. And hopefully people don't get offended. And how could you see it that way? You're, you know, whatever. And start throwing names at you. And it's like, well, the my experience and you view Star Trek as in anything through your culture and through your experience that you have had in life. And I know sometimes I am a bit naive and I want there to be this Star Trek future. And I feel that we have progressed and some people, Oh, well, and then they tell me I'm so wrong and da da da. But to be honest and to, to say, well, this is my point of view and I'm mature enough and adult enough to see your perspective, think about it and decide where that fits into 
our head cannon, if you will. And so I appreciate you talking these difficult subjects because it it's a harsh world sometimes in public courthouse there mm-hmm. on social media. So whenever we see, whenever I see these uh, issues come up, whether it be sexual assault or or or, or you know some uh, something that's very difficult to talk to you about, there I, I have a very select and very close circle of friends that I actually have a no filter with, and it's vice versa. And you know, honestly, Brandon, I I honestly I, I want to thank you for uh, for doing this because it just made me think about those people that I actually. I'm grateful to have that I could have not have a filter at all. Like my wife and a, a couple of good friends that I have that I can just be open and honest and say it how it is versus without being, uh, you know, ridiculed and chastised publicly, uh, on Facebook or wherever, or wherever I say it or, or whatnot. And, you know, these kind of issues do need to be t- uh, discussed and it, they're very important issues to be discussed. And, um, you know, I w- really wish that we could dive into this subject a little bit further without the fear of being, you know, mm-hmm. chastised. And it's unfortunate that we have to, we live in, we live in the time where, um, where we, we have to watch for ourselves like that. And, you know, if anything, if, uh, if any, if any progression is going to happen, then we need to have like, gl- take the gloves off unfiltered and have this kind of discussion versus being afraid of each other and what people think. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank you uh, for us doing this. And I really do appreciate it because it it's, uh, it's making me grateful that I have those Mm -hmm. friends that I have that we can do. And again, so because it's a part of the discussion here that we had, I mean, all the people that were, you know, strong enough to use the hashtag me too, you know, these, this past month and stuff, like, you know, you helped to, you know, bring awareness to people that, you know, that aren't aware of it. And, you know, I read some stories that were pretty shocking about people that I knew and things that they'd experienced. And, you know, we recently had just this past weekend, you know, Anthony Rapp came forward about his, uh, his sexual assault, uh, with Kevin Spacey. And, you know, it's, the timing of it doesn't matter if it happened, it happened. And when people mm-hmm. are ready to discuss it, if they ever become ready to discuss it, that's when that's the right time to talk about it, right? It yeah. doesn't matter how long ago or how soon or how much time has passed, or with whom. or with whom or whatever. And mm-hmm. you know, like it, it's it's out there, and we are aware of these things, and it just takes us time to understand them. And discussions like this help us to understand. So I, I, I hope everybody's enjoyed our conversation today. And and uh, I'm sorry we kind of went off the rails a couple of times into weird directions. But uh, The Perfect Maid is not the only thing we've been discussing here on the network this past week. So take a listen to this clip and see what else you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, the 602 Club. I know, I, I went all in. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh... If I if it came up short, I think there was gonna be a lot of screen caps with a lot of people. I think even on podcasts, I've been throwing it all out. Oh, this is gonna be one of the best. Trust me on this one. Yeah, Thor two. Ignore that. This one will be the the bee's knees, as it were. So yeah, there was a lot of pressure. Right. I don't think just on Marvel and Taiki Watiti, uh, but on me myself with my uh, my audacious claims. Warp five. 
I tweeted John Billingsley last night while I was watching this episode. I'm like, I gotta admit, if I'm alone on the ship, I'm walking around naked too. <laughs> okay, hey, okay. All right. So that was like my next question, just getting that. And Brandon's already answered it, which, you know, I thought that would probably be his answer. To the journey! I always want to know why haven't they done that Garden of Forever movie in general? I, I, for me, that's like a, such a cool go-to oh, concept. Yeah. Like, if you're going to make a Star Trek movie, get the Guardian of Forever in there. That would be awesome. And no one has ever thought that was cool enough to do yet. So yeah. we're doing it. Yeah, I mean, it never really gets reprised that much, does it? Except obviously in the animated series. Uh, well, you do get the Iconian gateways later, which are a similar sort of concept, aren't they? But, but not the same. Well, they don't talk back to you. <laughs> I don't think you can travel through time with those, can you? I think they're more just space. The final frontier. These are the... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Meta Treks. I'm feeling a Star Trek Stranger Things mashup where Spock starts playing with the lights on the Enterprise and <laughs> Captain Captain Kirk strings a bunch of Christmas lights around his quarters and that that's actually what happened in that episode of the Next Generation when there there those the dark matter pockets that was actually Spock just messing with him. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. If you're a Yap Apple user, please be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app and get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And while you're there, please leave us a star rating and a written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows basically everywhere. Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. And we're in more places, too. Richard, did you see that post on the Babel conference? And someone's like, oh, I'm going to change, leave the Apple and go get a Samsung, Android. And we're like, why would you do that? And they were worried about getting Earl Grey and Trek FM. And there were people posting all these different apps that they listened to us on. So I did not see that thread. No, I didn't see it either. Uh -uh. Oh, Mm. I guess some people aren't on the Babel conference as much as they say they are. Yeah. Mm. Richard, since you seem to forget about the Babel conference, would you like to tell us all about the Babel conference? (laughs) (laughs) We'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, today's show. And there are many ways you can do that. The best uh, place to join in the larger discussion is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook and join in in all the fun. You can also find the network on Twitter, at TrekFM, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TrekFM. And if you'd like to send us a voice transmission, the comm officer has the frequency open. Just go to SpeakPipe.com slash TrekFM, record a message, and we'll add it to a future episode. Richard, where can people find you when you're not sneakily trying to examine the perfect mate and tripping and knocking over the thing and making her come out of her thing early? Boy, did I just use word the thing a lot. Yes. Yeah, you did. <laughs> well, uh, they can find me in the Babel Conference. Uh, I pop in here and there. And they can also find me on Twitter. My ex, my, oh my gosh. My handle is xransom. And they can also hear me uh, talk about everything TNG on Earl Grey. And Amy, where can people find you when you're not having trouble opening cans of beef jerky? Well, you can find me here on the network. I co-host Earl Grey with Richard and Justin. 
Um, Stinky Richard. Yeah. <laughs> we talk all that's from things. The la- that's a joke from the last episode. <laughs> all things TNG. Uh, you can also find me on The Edge, where I get to host with Brandon and Michael. Mm-hmm. And I do a little sideshow called Postcards from the Edge, where we talk about fan response for Discovery. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson. But my favorite place, which I read thoroughly compared to these two knuckleheads, is on the Babel Conference. And Brandon, where can people find you? Knucklehead. If they can't find you on the Babel Conference. When I'm not acting like an idiot succumbing to the pheromones of all the women around me, you can find me on Twitter at Brandon Metella. You can find me every once in a while in the Babel Conference poking my head up. Uh, you can find me on the edge with Amy every once in a while. That's our Star Trek Discovery podcast. You can find me over on the Fandom Podcast Network with my friends Chris uh, and Tom, where we talk about Alfred Hitchcock's movies on our podcast, Good Evening and Alfred Hitchcock Podcast. If you'd like to send us an email, please do so. Uh, we'd love to hear you. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Just visit patreon.com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more, including an audio commentary with Amy, where she watches her first time watch of an animated Star Trek episode. That I think is it was Far Beyond up. the Stars. That was the past. We did it already. Yeah. Yeah. But that was uh, Far Beyond the Stars, I think. It was you and me that did it, right? Yes. Yeah. But they could also become an associate producer. They could. And how do they do that? Well, you just join at the $25 level, and Mm -hmm. then you get your name. You get to pick your show. We'd love to have you. And we have wonderful associate producers here on Warp 5. We've got many of them. We have the wonderful Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, who is our Missing in Action host tonight, Mike Morrison, who's over on Metatrex, Tim Cooper, Justin Ozer, who's a host over on Earl Grey, Mark Flessa, and Joe Saltzman. Thank you very much, everybody, for supporting Trek FM and Warp 5. Well, I guess that's it. I guess I don't know what's coming up next week here. We're recording this on like November 1st, and I don't think this is coming out until like near the end of December, I believe. <laughs> like it's coming out. It's not coming out for a while. Oh, like it's because I'm a couple episodes ahead. So, but uh, more than a yeah. couple. Yeah. So, because and we're also only releasing every other week. So we we got we're we're good into the Christmas season. Most people take Christmas off, but we won't be. So, uh, yeah, anyways, we're somewhere in the middle of December, I think, when this comes out. So Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs) And Happy Holidays. Did you want to say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays Merry Christmas, listeners. (laughs) It's Christmas! Uh, Oh. (laughs) Well, by the time this comes out, I should be on my winter break. So I will be very enjoying my two weeks off of work. Not to rub it in. We'll see you all next time on Warp 5.
David Goodman actually wrote this episode, and he wrote North Star. Right? What are you What are you doing, Richard? Sorry, bases are loaded. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, 